Hello, friends, and welcome to the most glorious of events, the Movie Mavericks Podcast. This outstanding program is hosted by two fine gentlemen, Jason and Trevor. Now make it so. MovieMavericks.com Hey, now everybody, welcome to episode 375 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson, since you have Jason Rugard, he's got a rundown for us. Happy New Year to everyone out there listening, and welcome to tonight's show. We'll be discussing six films, amongst them Matrix Resurrection, King Richard, Free Guy, and Don't Look Up, as well as an old Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, flick from the late 90s that is a forgotten gem. We'll talk to you about that. But first, let's get into it right off the bat with what was, I thought, the most anticipated release of December, which was going to be of The December. Matrix. Of <laughs> uh, December. It was, of the year, really, because of well, December. Yeah, but, I mean, obviously of December, I guess. What else came out? Well, Spider-Man No Way Home was the big hit at the box office, but I thought that oh, The sure, Matrix but... Resurrection was really going to put a dent into things and, and, and just get itself back into the vernacular and the zeitgeist. And really, this film sucks. There's no other way to say it. <laughs> I, I was highly disappointed with this to the point that I thought that it, it tarnished what had come before. It's not only bad, it's bad in a way that's disrespectful to anything that came before it. I don't understand why it exists. I'm not being cute or funny here, but there's nothing to latch on to. Um, even the, the action sequences are dumbed down, and it has this arrogance to it in a sense where it's above everything. Do you know what I mean by that? It's not invested in anything because it's constantly wow. mocking itself. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly, uh, mocks Hollywood a bit too much. I think at this point, um, I mean, we're too far deep into Hollywood to be mocking it with the Hollywood movie. <laughs> um, and yeah, you're right. Yeah. Everything's pretty, uh, I, I would use the word mellow for a lot of the fight sequences and things it just feels, um, like standard instead of, uh, groundbreaking as, uh, even if you go back and watch the third Matrix movies, the, the action sequences are way better than this. Fantastic. Yeah, even the third um, one has a great action yeah, sequence. Yeah, the characters, I felt, are super boring. The, the setups are um, ridiculous. I, I, the, as far-fetched as the idea of the Matrix is to begin with, this is a ridiculous reset. Uh, I, I just don't understand. And, and I don't like when they do things like this, like clones and stuff, because it really isn't them like it's not really the matrix resurrections it's like the matrix to twilight zone you know it's like some other matrix thing just it's not the same people even from just I mean breaking down the narrative there did you think that there was any successful element of this film I didn't think the fight choreography was anything special I didn't think that the cinematography was anything special this time oh, no. around there's they, nothing to grab on here when they the play, score isn't very good oh well man dude the opening ruins it right away right when they replay that the iconic opening of the original Matrix and it's not right you're like this isn't this is weird this is not right and it's not even good like it's not this is not even close this is not even half as good as that opening sequence uh in the original it's, which is so it's right from the beginning yeah off to a bad start i think that um one of the things that i always liked about movies from the 90s and and the 2000s is that uh while they may have been heavy on allegory and um and 
I guess, personal things that the filmmakers are feeling. They they did it in such a way that it wasn't right up in your face. And this movie is yeah, just in your face. I, I mean, it's like, you know, how can you even talk about this without getting canceled at this point? Feels like, but I mean, obviously, you know, the Wachowski brothers turned into the Wachowski sisters now. And this movie is very much about, uh, you know, female empowerment, but in such a way as it's actually like the male turning into the female, you know, like, like that moment where, where Trinity is flying and Neo is being held uh, up by her. And he looks up at her. He's like, are you doing this? Whoa. Like, wow. Look at the woman is the Phoenix rising. You know, it's like, is like really? <laughs> From a narrative standpoint, I thought they I, got to things way too late in the game. It took oh, far it took too long to ever. develop. And yeah. similar territory was taken by Wes Craven long ago in New Nightmare, which is a masterpiece compared to this in terms of storytelling and clarity. This is so convoluted. Uh, it's just it's not worth the effort or the time. And all uh, once again, the action sequences, which were the selling point of this franchise are extremely dumbed down here or it's just more of the same i can't tell what it is but you know when when you got something like the john wick franchise which is it's now con- that you know is bordering on parody itself after three sure. films but um you know the the action and the crispness of that and even seeing chad stileski in a cameo role as trinity's husband in the quote-unquote real world is just a reminder of how much more fluid those films are and just succinct compared to what was going on here. This was this went on forever and had about two or three natural endings, I thought, before we finally got to the ending, which, which just bookends the beginning, which rips out rips off the ending of the Matrix originally, but just does it in a different way and feels feels foolish. You texted me and said this feels like a parody. And you're right. This almost would be like if the Wayans brothers mm-hmm. had gotten their hands uh, on a, a script and said, we're going to just parody the Matrix outright. This because is how this, they would do it. It feels like someone who, like what they're, it's like they're doing all the things that they're saying is wrong with Hollywood and then they do it in the doing movie. It. And so it feels really weird to watch that um, happen. But I don't know. Go, going back to what I was saying before, I, I'll, I'll never forget uh, the Brian Singer, I know he was canceled, but the Brian Singer interview I read about the Superman stuff and how he applied that idea of Superman being hidden, like having the hidden identity and all that stuff uh, to being gay and then with it, you know, in or out, you know, so to speak, uh, and having to deal with that. And that kind of stuff makes sense because it, it, that works on that level personally for him. It works on personally for a lot of other people. And this movie feels like it's very geared towards a very specific person's, you know, um, issues. It's just, it's an outright failure and a very disappointing entry, I, I think. It, and it just overall marks a dreary year for Warner Brothers and their day and date it experiment. It could have been so much better. I'm very HBO confused Max. by it. I yeah, would rather I, have seen, I would rather them not attempted to do something interesting or cool and even just have them do something very simplistic. <laughs> that would have even been better than this. This was too much. And really, the closing statement for me is that I would rather watch Jupiter Ascending than rewatch The Matrix Resurrections. I've already seen, I've seen that twice within the past 12 months, and I can tell you one thing. That movie's fucking horrible, and it is loads better than Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I, I haven't lost my uh, credit card there. 
All right, let's move on to our next film, which is King Richard, the Will Smith drama that was uh, got him the best actor Golden Globe last night at the awards ceremony that wasn't even streamed online oh because how do you even how do you even know what happened? Well, I, I got an email. <laughs> you know, that's basically they were doing email. You know, you won by email. How do you know? Uh, it's, it's like a company party at this point. This what, I don't even room. care. I care nothing. Zero. I give zero shits about any award stuff. Um, that being said, I do think this is well deserved. He's really good in this. This is a great movie. I think this is the best studio release of the year. This is on my short list for the best films of the year. He is extremely strong in this. Um, I loved this movie. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. And it started and it was a little little shaky. I didn't know where the story was going to go. I didn't know if I particularly liked what he was doing at first with his speech well, infliction. I know. And I, he's not a likable character, to be to be totally honest. Well, I thought um, he was mocking the ladies' man. That's what he sounded like to me, was Tim Meadows doing, hey, it's a he lady. Does, yeah, a little bit, but, I um, know. <laughs> once I got past that, and I saw what the script was doing, and it's not a very overly complicated script. It's, it's a very straightforward narrative, but this is the kind of thing I that Hollywood really excelled at, though. This was the kind of 90s studio filmmaking yeah. or even 70s studio filmmaking that just a character that you can this, understand this and get feel, behind this does not feel on any level like something that came out in the past 10 years this feels like something that came out 15 20 years ago yeah this this doesn't feel manipulative either no this uh, is, is well it's well handled and i'm pretty impressed because the director isn't anybody that's handled a lot of big films before he's had a couple uh, smaller it's films well directed under too. his credit it is and well acted strong, uh, even strong in this movie well small written. roles um, and an interesting story. I didn't think this was. I honestly just didn't under, understand how this possibly could be interesting. And um, uh, boy, was I wrong. And I guess expectations low, uh, so it exceeded. But um, I think even if I had high expectations, this would have this would have hit those. Um, I'm surprised a little bit by um, the ratings on this from other people. I, I guess this wasn't super well liked. I'm very surprised. How could this not be well like this is exactly what you're looking for this is an american story i mean the 7.6 out of 10 on imdb i know but i I hear a lot of people that have gripes with this film and i'm not sure what the gripe is yeah no i've heard that it's he's good but the film's just okay well he's not a likable character it is it is long but i liked the length of it but i do go back to he's just not likable he treats people like shit in this people who are more necess- kind of likable characters almost than him. Yeah, the John Bernthal character for sure gets shit on quite a bit in this film. Yeah, so I, I like I can kind of understand certain aspects of this, but that to me that makes it feel more real and it it adds more um uh, just more dynamics to it. You know, there's there's more going on and um uh, for something really where there's nothing going on for a lot of the movie uh, that I think that it needs that. I heard somebody classify this film as boys in the hood meets Moneyball, and i thought that was a pretty interesting comparison and there hmm. there is a, an element of danger and violence to this film that i wasn't expecting and, and i felt like an edge of realism in that way that yeah. they would be eating a lot of shit that people in the neighborhood just weren't behind these sisters and what the father was doing with them and the the, the trouble on the block and I love that scene where the mother goes across the street and just says a couple sentences to that lady and says a lot in those uh-huh. few sentences. You know, that's a great sequence. That's good. I mean, in any sports movie um, is automatically, I think, on a little sturdier ground than most because it, you have someone with a goal, uh, a clear goal, trying to achieve that and, and stepping up. And, you know, how are they going to handle it? How are they going to deal with this? Um, and you, you always have like this. They had the matches and stuff, which are super interesting to watch. Um 
uh, and it's not even true of sports movies. It's true of any, um, not just physical sport. I mean, you know, you had the Queen's Gambit, which is really, really good, and that was chess. So I think movies like this kind of have um, a little bit of a cheat to them. I'm already kind of like going with it already, you know, to some degree. Yeah, but this film, it didn't. To me, it didn't start so smoothly. So it took a while to get the the wheels no, going for I me, and then that. I was loving it. I, I, I kind of, I, I agree with you, but I did. I actually did like that aspect of it because it, it takes them a while to, uh, to get uh, out of where they're at. Like they're kind of trapped there, even though they're working at it. They don't really necessarily have a way forward. Yeah, and he just kind of he just kind of bursts through it. You know, he just goes. Yeah, and they but spend so much time whole, there. You feel it. You know, yeah, but you, it's you, great you messaging. That. This is the kind of messaging that um, I don't. Know, we used to get from movies, you know, and nowadays everyone has to go on the internet and you got to pay money for some guy to tell you <laughs> this is, you should be going and getting it. This is how you get rich. You know, it's like, geez. Bohemian Rhapsody. When I saw that, I went on YouTube and watched live eight act- afterwards just to see that performance. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. because it's some interest in their life and, and to see the surroundings and to find out that one of the sisters was yeah I agree I mean where he's at right now with uh he had like a stroke not too long ago and then his yep. estranged son um is now you know basically his daily caregiver um, yeah, so it's a lot of. Uh, I agree. I think it's interesting. I did look it up as well. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's how you know it's a good movie when it, you come out of it a two and a half hour movie and you still want to know more about this man and his family. Okay, let's talk about the next film, which is Free Guy, the Ryan Reynolds smash that came out over the summer. It was slated to come out in the summer of 2020, but was pushed back to the summer of 2021. This was a, a 20th Century Fox release that was uh, supposed to be released pre Disney Takeover, I believe, but. Uh, got mixed up in the shuffle and was released to big fanfare. A lot of good hype on this. Um, I think this is perfectly acceptable entertainment. I didn't think that it really justified the hype that was given to it. A couple of laugh out loud moments with Ryan Reynolds, but just a lot of cuteness, if you will. Yeah, so I, I guess a, a mo- mediocre review. Uh, you know, I kind of a I had higher hopes for this. This this did not meet my expectations for. Um, but that being said, that the. the uh, trailers for it looked mediocre as well but i was still ho- fingers crossed hoping for something um just a little bit more than what it was it's very uh basic you know is the thing i say i like sean levy a lot and he makes these kind of good um uh, light-hearted you know action uh movies um so yeah it's okay i mean i guess they're gonna do a sequel now Oh, this is going to be a whole uh, series now. Oh, yeah. Sure. I just, I, but I don't, I mean, it won't, this will peter out. I just, this is not a good idea. I think uh, we should try for something different, maybe, um, you know, uh, but yeah, I, it was fun, as, as you'd say, but it, isn't it exactly what you expected? Even to happen, just the storyline in general is exactly like, they like already knew it was going to happen. I mean, uh, there's just, I mean, yeah, there was nothing that was surprising here whatsoever in terms of the, the narrative development, but huh. there were a couple of touches that I did like. I thought that the Channing Tatum character, you know, when he's you know, yelling at the mom and he's doing the thing and, 
you know, when they're in the cave and, and he's being dictated to by the, the nerd back home and he's yelling at his mother and Channing Tatum starts yelling at Ryan Reynolds. I thought the, you know, the, the bodybuilder version of Ryan Reynolds was somewhat amusing for a while, although they overplayed well, that there at the end. But, yeah. um, but I just, you know, there were certain touches to it, but his overall cheery cheerfulness and, you know, it's got a touch of Truman Show to it. It's got a touch of... Uh, last action hero, I guess, in a sense, too. I think it's screen or written by Zach Penn, who had a uh, something to do with it Last Action Hero as well. Feels like uh, something that would be a a series on HBO is what it really feels like. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, you're not far off. It's so, basically going to be a miniseries now. Yeah, so it's so films. it's okay in that sense, but that's kind of what it feels like. Something that that um that exists doesn't hurt anybody, but. I, I don't know that I care, you know. This isn't a movie I need to... I mean, what movie do you need to own at this point? None. That's I need to own part. no new movies. I don't need to own none of these. Even King Richard, I loved it. I don't need to own it, though. Well, I, that's the problem. It's because I bought this so that we could watch it, and it uh, turns out I, I thought I'd be rewatching this a couple times. Well, that's true. We do technically own this, but we own it digitally, so it doesn't, it yeah. do, it doesn't count. I don't count that. We kind of own it. Before, we half own it yeah. until they take it away from us. Yeah, as they do, and they have. <laughs> we know that they have. Yes, um, I want to bring up one thing about uh, Free Guy, which I think is a bit of a, a bit of a cheat. There is a beautiful sequence, or scored beautifully, um, the part where the the boy falls in love with the girl at the end, and when Ryan Reynolds realizes who he is in in the video game, and that score is take is by Christopher Beck, and it's taken from a short film from about ten years ago called Paper Man. Did you ever see that? Mm-hmm. It's a Disney short. It was That's on. Great. Uh, it's excellent, and that score is so striking and so moving that it sells those scenes artificially. I really believe that you take that score off of it, and those last couple beats don't hit the same way. And I don't know if people would have the same reaction to this film. I'm telling you, you leave this movie kind of humming a little bit because you're like, oh, because the, the uplifted, uh, the, the paper I mean, man it's score. Just, is, <laughs> I'm telling you. It it's just adds, this movie. I think you probably could have put a, a, any uplifting score thing on it and you'd have been fine coming out of it. it but the, once again, the length. I, I mean, I hate to harp on length in films, but this goes on for about 20 minutes too long. They, they could have really narrowed this down there. They made their point and then brought it home yeah. repeatedly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Free guy. Good job. Great. Yeah. Mediocre. <laughs> mediocre film. Mediocre recommendation. Yay. All uh, right. What's next here on the list we have? Uh, don't look don't up. Don't look up. Don't, or the, don't look down. Don't look down. Don't look up. Uh, Netflix spending all this money on it, and it's breaking viewership this records. Is, uh, Adam McKay's film. Jennifer I don't. I've seen on Facebook. Well, I know. Well, I'm. I won't. I won't. I won't say anything. But I've, I've seen certain people say they really love this movie <laughs> on um, Facebook. It's a dead giveaway of who they are. But um, I just. Uh, I, I don't know, man. This is like n- not a good movie. <laughs> I well, I mean, I think that it's the least sharp out of all of Adam McKay's deviations oh, from far. the the Will Ferrell stuff. I mean, when he was working with Will Ferrell, those are those are forgivable for what they are, but now that he's trying to be a, or that he is a serious filmmaker, this is his sloppiest film by far. I mean, this is all over 100%. the place. Some of this scores, some of this is majority of this is is too uh unfocused and not sharp enough. And this I honestly like think that the only character this is political. That is, 
I mean, this is absolutely like political, but and it's if, not good political either. I but mean, satirical, satirically, everybody's playing the wrong I mean, note. It's, it's actually all yeah, because it's almost true. I, I just see, I see like, I see truth in this. This is just backing up a certain type of a viewpoint, and those are the people that like this. <laughs> it's like, well, well yeah, I mean, of course you like it. <laughs> I mean, putting putting the politics I mean, aside from it, though, you can't. performance wise, the oh, only okay. person here that was that was listening to you know what was I thought the only person that was hearing the music was Jonah Hill. I thought he was pitch perfect in this, and the movie needed more of that I sharpness of that mockery. I thought he was fantastic in you know his just he was just an idiot. I, I loved it though. I mean, I mean, can I can we get a prayer for stuff? Because you know, shit like cool watches and dope apartments are <laughs> well, cool. Yeah. I mean, that kind, of, th- those lines and things like that. Like, uh-huh. can I get you know take a picture for the gram? That stuff's fucking hilarious in this movie. But the the, the bringing things home where you know it's the end of the world and they're sh- the grocery shopping and, and she he's shoplifting and the other guy's worried about wild caught salmon, and it's just I, I just. At that point, this movie had totally... The third act of this movie is a mess. It really is. The third act of this movie is a mess. Do you know who it reminded me of, filmmaking-wise, is Cameron Crowe? It reminded me of one of his yeah, messy kind of like, like, a, like a messy Cameron Crowe movie. Like yeah, Aloha or Elizabeth Town or something like that? Even, even the bad um, asteroid movies are, are better than this, which... Uh, and I don't think this is trying to parody those. It's obviously not. It's, it's trying to... To you know, we're talking about global warming. We're talking about the pandemic. Right? We're talking about uh, real things. We're not talking about the asteroid in this. And so it's not, even though it's very much like uh, what was the Elijah Wood movie? Uh, Deep Impact. Thank you, Deep Impact. Like, like, but that actually has like a good a good ending. And this is basically the same ending, but it's like. Uh, stupid. <laughs> well, do you know what the difference between Deep Impact and this? Maybe movie because I don't is? care about the characters. In Deep Impact, when Morgan Freeman, who played the president came on TV and said an asteroid's coming, the world believed them. They didn't squabble amongst themselves on if it was fake news or not. So that's, I mean, the, the point that the movie's making, I, I guess, so but it it's also it crazy work. to think where we've come in 30 years, too, in, in the statement work. that it's making. Um, it's, it's a sketch, and it's not a well, film Well, are you to supposed to believe that the asteroid is coming with no proof? I mean, I, I, that's the, the point of this, is that they're saying, well, you're supposed to believe the asteroid's coming. Even though you can't, but then you do see it finally. So they were right. So everything they're saying now about anything that would require them to have proof, well, they don't really necessarily need proof. You're just you're just wrong. In I thought saying they had that. proof in the beginning by seeing the, um, the asteroid. Yeah, I know the, they do. So you so this would I'm just I'm saying this is a bad example of that. But this is what they're saying, right? That's what they're saying. That's how they feel. That's what they're saying. <laughs> and so uh, so yeah, the Joe Rogans of the world are you know. Uh, this, that's what this is about, right? I mean, this 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 movie itself is a big to do about nothing. I think that it's a waste of all these very very talented people and their time. Jennifer Lawrence, I'd say so. It's a great and cast, and it's DiCaprio. Not, they have no not chemistry. Incredibly well acted. It's just there's not, and that's mostly because there's nothing for them to do. They sit around a lot. They do. It's a lot of. I mean, the only thing that really worked for me, you know, besides Jonah Hill's performance, was that bit about the general charging them for the chips. And they kept going back to that. I thought that mm-hmm. was clever. That was funny. It's this little little thing happening, this little struggle within this larger worldly thing going on. But the stuff with the daytime or the, the television show that's supposed to be like 
Good Morning America or, you know, Regis and Kelly Lee or whatever that that is, Michael and Kelly Lee now. Or what is it? Michael and Kellyanne. Who the fucking Regis Philbin no show <laughs> that Michael Strathen was, was on for sure. years. Anyways, the thing they're mocking there, that fake congenial niceness that's on television, that stuff worked to an extent, but... I didn't buy for a second that the DiCaprio character was going to be seduced by the limelight when he is deathly worried about this thing happening and trying to get the word out. His character takes such a fucking U-turn. Oh, uh, they, they and it's such do. a they cliched all, U-turn. They that, care, then they give up. Then they care again, then they give up. Then they care again, then they give up. It's like, and, well, what are you going to... Like, what's... What? I, I, I don't... After a while, I don't care anymore. Yeah. It's I not just, a real asteroid. I mean, that's the thing people, you have to realize when you make a movie is that it's not real. I know it's not real. So I'm not afraid of the asteroid killing these people. <laughs> I, I don't care. So you have to make me care. But this movie doesn't care to make you care because it's not about that. In terms of filmmaking so, yeah. as well, I thought that some of the framing was very bad. And I, I was getting tired of seeing it's not well the back directed. left of people's faces like mm-hmm. from a quarter shot behind the ear was a very common That's because motif there's no there's no uh, it's not a very animated movie right it's very people are just sitting static it's just dull I, i'm very surprised because mckay's big short and vice say what you will about both of them but they have an energy uh and, and a mania to them especially in the editing and this is just absent and don't look up so just i don't know a wild misfire as far as i'm concerned yeah, another wild misfire. That's just like the Matrix, Matrix Resurrections. Yeah. Oh, frick. I mean, this, I hate to be so down on this stuff, but I was really looking forward to this one, too. We watched it on Christmas Eve, or Christmas Day, and uh, it put me in a funk, to be honest with you. And what is Mark Rylance doing in this film? As this, the Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, techno wizard who's going to save the world... I don't is know. I, didn't, I don't know why that was in there either. Other than totally miscast as well. I mean, what is Stanley Tucci could have knocked that out of the ballpark? What is <laughs> yeah. Mark Rylance doing in there? Well, because the tech people are you know doing things now, and then it's all about the money and and it's just political. The whole thing is just a weird political viewpoint that I don't know. I just I don't get it. It doesn't resonate with me. That's for sure. I thought that performance particularly was. Uh, wildly out of control. That's a weird performance, yeah. But it's just weird to have it in there um, at all, especially the way that it went down. And, and the ending of the movie is weird too. Uh, you know, yeah, the, 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 the secret ending or what? I don't know. What you the call after it. It's not a secret ending, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, like the, the Marvel ending. Sequ- yeah, um, yeah. Which is, you know, it's very nihilistic. I mean, the real whole thing is kind of nihilistic in, in a sense. Well, it's all fake. I mean. You know, her butt's fake. It's not her butt. I love <laughs> that nice. everyone's like, Meryl Streep's butt looks great. So it's not hers. So that cool. ain't her ass. <laughs> no. She, I think she's in her 70s. That ain't a that ain't 70 year old ass. All right, let's move on to our next film. What do we got next? Is it a. Uh, we want to do uh, Red Notice. Let's save the old one yeah, for, la- for last. Yeah, let's huh? talk about Red let's Notice. Let's do Red here. Notice. Because this is another, uh, uh, another, as far as I'm concerned, a stinker and did so damn well. Uh, why, why did. Uh, well, I, I kind of know why everyone watched this, but is everyone watching something uh, really a good metric for it being good or bad? Yeah, because that's all we're basing things on now, right? Is that's what how it many feels hours like, viewed? Right? 
Yeah. And I can't tell you because I know a lot of people that saw this film, including both you and I, obviously. This is Red Notice we're talking about. We're talking about Red Notice. And I don't know anyone that had anything positive to say about this. Yeah, I hated this movie. And the interesting about this is that, um, uh, or the interesting thing that I think about this is there's uh, that movie with uh, with Batwoman, you know, what's her name? Ruby Rose that yeah. came out. That's called Red Notice, except it's not called Red Notice on Netflix. <laughs> Isn't that weird? It's, Is it I called- can't remember what it's called. It's called something else. on Only on Netflix, though. It's called something else. And it's called Red Notice every place else. And I thought, I didn't oh, that's know so that. weird. And then, and then, uh, I, cause I forgot this movie that, that had come out like a couple months ago. I thought that was fucking weird. And then I realized, Oh, they have their own Netflix red notice movie. <laughs> I know the film you're talking about. I think it's a George Gallo movie. I can't remember. Uh, it's not very good. Directed it. At all. Yeah. He, is Morgan um, Freeman in that? I think as well. Yeah. He's been in a lot of stinkers as well, but I don't remember him being in that. So it's a spy movie like this type thing. It's, it's really not good at all. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Like, why? There's a can't be two, you know? There can be only one. Well, I don't know what this movie is ultimately trying to be outside of uh, well, I um, can the tell obvious you, influences I'll tell you, I'll that tell you it something. shows. Ryan Reynolds should be very careful about the action movies, that he, action comedy movies that he chooses to do. Because he's in some dog shit. And I I feel almost feel like, he, like Hitman's bodyguard stuff, actually, the, the wife's one makes it worth it almost a little bit but th- this reminded me a lot of that it's like a worse version of that did you, you know, see that the hitman's yeah. wife yeah i thought that was actually better than the first one by the way i have to agree and so i own both now because that one actually i saw that redeemed one, it and i was like ah kind of all right like i can watch the first one now because i know that's coming next it's like okay like that kind of works for me but and maybe that'll happen with red notice i can only cross my fingers and hope because I don't really get the camaraderie here. I thought it was funny from time to time, you know, as, as the same with the Hitman's Bodyguard stuff. There, there are laughs here and there, but overall, these Ryan Reynolds comedy action movies just aren't very comedic, and the action seems pretty you know, bland. Tame. It's yeah. very tame. Yeah, and so this it feels movie like a Disney especially... movie in some way with the action. I don't know if it's it's because of how I, I saw this film. I saw this film in Hawaii, and we had rented out a condo, and we you know, watched this on a 75-inch QLED screen, one of those Samsung beautiful uh, picture, but to the point where it made this look ultra-phony, yeah. where when The Rock is picking up that boulder, it looks so phony that it's... I mean, it might have been because it had that frame rate smoothing going on, but... The movie itself That's is how the phony. movie feels. This, it feel, the movie looks it's smug. like a Disney movie. This movie's movie. a smug film. Yeah, it's yeah. it's safe. There's there's it's nerfed. There's nothing. There's no interest here. It, another movie that goes on and on. This is two hours when this could have been a, a compact ninety minutes. I mean. That beginning opening, they all go the, to all the such double great crosses, all the weird shit them, that's going oh, on, all the yes. the camaraderie, and then I just don't know why they're friends at the end of this movie other than they're just none of them are really bad guys because they're you can't really have a bad guy not really bad guy. yeah <laughs> yeah well they're I'm all like, bad huh? guys but none of them are really bad guys but they're, they're not yeah it's just i think if anything this movie was supposed to show the strengths of all three of these performers and i think it actually highlights a lot of but their don't weaknesses they try to steal the show too much it seems like every single one of them when the camera's on them like they're all fucking mugging out of their be- yeah exactly that's what i was gonna say like they're beaming in some way their eyes are kind of like like looking at the camera almost like 
like I'm the one, you know, working the eyebrows. Like, oh, dude, it's just, it feels like, it doesn't work. It made me pr- appreciate that Steven Soderbergh could wrangle in all those stars on the Oceans movies yeah. and get them to actually make something that didn't wasn't just all wink, wink, look at me. You know, it actually felt like uh, like a cohesive team in a unit. As a, even Tango and Cash holds together better than Red Notice does in, in terms of buddy cop stuff, and that's on the lower rung. That's because I don't think these the characters are not developed in this very well. Aside from that, they're all good looking people, and um, they're funny. Well, yeah. So look at us be attractive in exotic locations yeah. and be smart asses. Yeah. But when everybody's a smart ass, there's no straight man. So who's the butt of the joke? And and like you said, the I Ryan know. Reynolds shtick is is beyond getting. And Ryan Reynolds tired plays up point. the comedy stuff so much to such an extent that it's like, oh my god, every and, and line is a jab. Oh every my god, line. It's even too Jim much. Carrey, even Jim Carrey, let things breathe and then hit you with another. Well, while that's line. too much, we're going to do that. Then we'll shoot over to the Rock, and he's going to give you a one line because he can't be one up. And it's like no, <laughs> the Rock's the muscle. <laughs> I'm it's confused. Tiring. This is it's too much. T- it's a tired film, and it's made me tired to watch it. It was tiring to get through, and I thought it was just me. The Jumanji so we, we, movies we are put better it on than this. this. Oh yeah, by far, <laughs> by far. I mean, way um, better. Like, yeah, this so, is not. I mean, this is just. It's a bad built movie, right? To, down to the bones, the structure of this whole thing is just not good. First two hundred million dollars spent, it looks startlingly cheap, and this. It's just. It, oh, yeah. it, to me, it's. Well, totally but disposable. The, the I I just feel like the like streaming ruins everything because I don't want to own this movie. I would never fucking own this movie. Period. No. I, like I say, I think the movie's cheap, as you say. I would never want to own this. But for this to exist uh, on streaming and everyone saw it, and then now it just gets kicked away and thrown off, and we're done with it. I mean, is that what we had to look forward to? Yeah, you never are going to revisit stuff now? this. There's no replayability to any of these films. Uh, there, it's just it's unfortunate because. You know, when you rented something from Blockbuster back in the day or wherever you may have been and you had it in your possession for 28 to 48 to, to 24 hours, you would watch that. It, there's a certain pride in what you pick and you would watch it and maybe even rewatch it in that time period. Why would you ever rewatch Red Notice? We tried to rewatch it because we thought maybe we were in a bad mood, maybe we were too tired. <laughs> and we got about halfway through, we fell asleep again. So that's my bad on contributing to you know, one and a half watches to its overall yeah. total minutes fucking viewed because that's a metric that makes it seem like we enjoyed it and we did not at all. I mean, out of the four people that's that watched saying. it, I'm, nobody enjoyed it. I would be, I'm okay with this movie existing. I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, I, I'll complain about it, but it's fine that it exists. These movies are like this have existed all through time. It's just not a very good movie. But the idea this is now touted as like, Netflix trying to get in, like we just, we just made the year's best movie. Because, no. like, so many people watched it. It's just like, no. <laughs> I'll say this, Netflix. Uh, Red Notice is better than The Matrix Resurrection. It and is, don't actually. Look up, <laughs> um, in terms of entertainment value. But uh, I just, it's it's another mediocre film. But it's a film that I, I cannot give a pass to. It just, it was too glib. It was too wink-wink. There wasn't a second that you, you could take anything or get involved with anything because there was no stakes. And there was, it was like a bad early Burt Reynolds film. There's a movie called Rough Cut where he's a diamond thief. And it's, it's similar mm-hmm. to this to where it's preposterous, where you can't take anything serious. At least the Thomas Crown Affair, that balanced the tone right. I think that's what they ultimately were trying to go for. But 
there's too many too many ingredients well, too many is chefs too, it's too much and I, I agree and, that, and it's too many chefs in front of the camera yeah and I bet you they were all producers to some extent uh-huh. too. So they all in all their agents and managers wanted their brand being represented in this. And you know, yeah, if the Rock just, has this many lines. Make sure Ryan has this a many very, lines. Very, very commercial movie. <laughs> yeah, it feels like this was made by committee more than anything else on the Tonight Show, and that, that includes The Matrix, which literally was made by committee, uh, which they was talk it? about in that film. Well, I mean, it's all meta, right? Warner Brothers oh, wouldn't do it without right. them, regardless. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. I know. I wish they had. <laughs> it couldn't have been much worse. I mean, remember they were talking about remaking the Matrix films with Michael B. Jordan, and he was going to take on the next... Uh, and they should have. They should have ditched the Neo. They should have just They should have just cut that off. They said, the Matrix, do something else with the Matrix. Yeah, agreed. Um, easy, easy enough, you know. And just, I, just something else. <laughs> Not well, what they did. We briefly went over it uh, while we were reviewing this, but we should talk about this for a second. The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, the sequel to the 2017 surprise hit starring Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. And here, I just want to talk about it briefly because here's an example of a film that I thought really hit the mark in terms of entertainment value, um, in terms of what it was supposed to be in over-delivering. And I liked it much more than the original. I d- thought the action sequences were better. I thought the movie moved a whole lot better as a story. And I thought Reynolds was just the right amount well, to in this some, movie. To some degree, I mean, I'll say this about that. The first one, and this is the same problem I have with the Red Nose in some ways, the camaraderie and the camaraderie building in, um, in The Hitman's Bodyguard is just not very good. Like, I don't really believe those guys... Are gonna yeah, like each other in the end or anything, but in the second movie, it's already like that's already taken care of. They're like we, they already like each other, or they don't actually, but they kind of do. Like we know that we know the the dynamics. We already know how this is gonna work out, and it's just so much easier at that point. Easier. Like they're it's not forcing easy. it. They're not trying it. They actually hate each other. He's he's not. He's like fuck this guy. I don't like this guy. They don't like each other. They're kind of thrown together. It doesn't try to um make them like each other. Um, they just are whatever. And by the end of that movie, by the time they go through everything they go through in that, at the end, it kind of feels like, yeah, like they're kind of growing on each other. They still don't like each other, but still, everyone's still kind of together and they're still going to gonna do their thing. You know, it, it, it works, I think, better than the first one. It, it, like you said, I think easier is the best way to describe this movie. It plays, this is a relic from an, from the era where. Which is weird. And adding the, adding, um, uh, Salma Hayek actually uh, Hayek into it actually made it better, which is weird because Red Notice had the the two guys one girl dynamic there as well, and 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 yeah, I thought it really worked in this. I liked her in this a lot. Well, the Selma Hayek character in this is is a lot more vulgar, is is a lot more involved in the action, uh, in, in terms of that she's not this posing all the time. You, you know what I mean? This is she's mm-hmm. she's getting dirty and playing with the boys, and looks like she's having as much fun as them. And I, I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed this sequel because I didn't enjoy the first one that much. And that was a film that got a lot of respect in business at the box office. So yeah. I just want to kind of briefly call that out that I was, I was blown away that the, the entertainment value of this movie. Because I, I rented this from a red box uh, when I wasn't feeling well over the summer. And it entertained the shit out of me. And I think I'd even texted you and said, this is surprisingly entertaining. And you were uh, skeptical at best i was but i i i bought it outright they uh, um you know the, the video store closing down i bought um blu-rays of, of both of them they were five bucks a piece and i was like yeah fuck it that's a good purchase so i got i got the whole set there the, the double set and there's probably there's gonna be a third one so i'm gonna have to buy that one too 
I don't know. The last one didn't perform all that well, but that could have been just because of a well. Now with Red Notice as well, I you know, I could could put off a third one of those too. Uh, Do you think that all this overexposure of Ryan Reynolds hurts Deadpool three? Do you think that we ever see that? No, no, I don't because I think Deadpool is its own thing at this point, Um, and it's it's to me that's peak Ryan Reynolds. Like that is way better than any of this other stuff that he's trying to do. Uh, by a long shot and you know the fact that i gotta watch him on fucking youtube selling selling these wireless shit every other fucking day is uh <laughs> th- that's the fucking overload yeah if it's not gin it's a uh, wireless phone plans yeah. and uh you know it all, he is it's just like the rock you know as, as like much as i rock. love dwayne johnson he's trying to be like 50 cent with with vitamin water and shit like I, i'm just the fuck? well if it's not headphones it's energy drinks it's <laughs> it's, it's you know it's, it's a like movie Jesus, it's, yeah fucking alcohol um yeah alcohol i forgot about that one who else I had mean, that you know what's the dan Aykroyd had fucking the alcohol shit and he still does the skull does he the fucking christmas God, skull. everyone has shit yeah i mean literally almost everybody has a brand of alcohol that they're endorsing now uh, or have had attached their name to i'm not sure when that became the big thing but hell it is uh, all right, let's let's talk about our last. My film, favorite which was is, the uh, Ron Jeremy alcohol, though. Uh, what was that called? Uh, it's, called it's called Ron Jeremy. <laughs> no, because Ron Jeremy <laughs> is the pornography of Cosby in a way. Well, you know, he didn't put him to sleep. He just went up behind him and goosed him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so Ron Jeremy is living perpetually in 1972 and doesn't understand that the world has changed around him. The, the only guy I know that that you know would be put in jail for putting his fingers in the woohoo on a porn set you know oh goodness but uh, you you have to be a bad actor at, at, you know on many grounds to get in trouble for that you know i mean good god i feel like ron jeremy only hangs out on porn sets it's the only place that's where what he's i'm saying a, like he's he's his clearly, element he's no longer in his element yeah, there clearly he's been so desensitized to everything <laughs> it's like you were you were misbehaving sexually on a porn set really <laughs> wow <laughs> when you put it like that sir it's you know, like, it's whoa, like <laughs> whoa that's another level man well you see what had happened was you know <laughs> oh shit I just remember right, that documentary film. you saw that you see that, that Ron Jeremy documentary no um, I don't spend my time doing these crazy things I got too many movies this is a great documentary world. I cannot I can't really remember the name I think it's a legend of Ron Jeremy or something but if you ever get a chance to watch it it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life he's trying to be like a real actor and shit but the man has like He's got shit to do, but he doesn't sleep well or something. So he's he's in his car <laughs> driving down the the freeway and he's falling asleep. So he, he takes his fucking shirt off and he's he's like slapping himself and beating the shit out of himself to stay awake. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous shit. If you liked American movie, you've gotta seek out the Ron Jeremy fucking documentary. All right, you're selling it it's now. Too much. I might have to take it. A look. I might have to take a look at it. Just I mean, but gazing at Ron Jeremy for that long is is torturous. He is such an unpleasant it person is. to look at. But it's hilarious. It's it's pretty funny. They they do they do the whole like sweet thing. Like they make him out to be like a like a like an actual sweet guy, but Oh yeah, of course. He's your neighborhood friendly mm-hmm. uh, gooser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. All right, so our last movie on tonight's episode is gonna be Last to Surrender, a rowdy popular film from nineteen ninety nine, put out right. by Avalanche First to Films. Fight. Uh, first to fight, last to surrender. <laughs> I love um, that shit. <laughs> this is a, a B movie that I stumbled upon recently in a secondhand store. I took a picture of it, sent it to you, 
And now my question to you is, did you find this in the wild or did you order I your coffee? I did find it in the wild, but okay. I added it to my list. <laughs> of things so, to look for? So yes, because I saw it and I thought, I fucking want that. I, I need to see that movie. Um, and also I need to own all Roddy Piper movies. Uh, yeah, and Roddy Piper right. has a pretty strong filmography on the B movie circuit. I mean, I like him a lot. I even like this is not a good movie, but I do like him in this movie. I, I just I find him likable for some reason. He's got a great uh, screen presence. He really does, and I think that this is a, a surprisingly solid B movie. Uh, yeah. I've seen a lot of these type of movies. Not a good and movie. This is... yeah, we have, I did the preface that to people because we're about to. to, to I'm, I'm about to say that I really like this movie, but it is yeah, as you say, it a is B a B movie. movie. It really is, but I I love this stuff, man. When they when they finally go to Burma and that music kicks in and they're walking around like trying to talk yep. to people and stuff. The montage, oh my yeah. God, I know I'm that's a classic. Shit. I mean, this movie is so many influences here. It goes from like Red Heat, and then it turns into Black Rain for a while, and then, Rambo. And then it becomes <laughs> the Rambo in the Jungle for some reason. There's a stunt in this. I mean, this I'm movie pretty has- sure that's the same. Um, you know, they they must rebuild that little um, fortress thing there for Rambo when he lived for later on. I, it does look like the, the set design does look very <laughs> It's like the similar. same thing. Like there's a river thing that he goes over. Tiki like, bridge. Little, yeah. Um, but this is. I don't. I don't. I, I, the one thing I don't understand is the cement tunnel that appears to go to nowhere. <laughs> you don't ask such questions in a movie like this. Let's just <laughs> that, marvel at the stunt. That's one of the weirdest where, fucking things. They go underground. They go through this tunnel, maybe, I don't know, 50 feet, maybe, tops. They come out the other side, above ground, so it's <laughs> sideways, above ground from where they were. They come out, and they're just across the river, which, how would that have happened? Hey, it's fucking <laughs> waterproof. It's, flat, it's bedrock down there. Well, but they, they built the, the They've built the military installation out of bamboo, but there is this cement cylinder buried in the ground. you don't question these things in a I rowdy pipe love movie it. my friend but the guy playing his uh his partner his disgruntled partner from china who Hong sent Su over Hong. to catch the bad guy that guy played a villain in king of the kickboxers mm-hmm. and i want to say he was a super cop as well he's got a nice charis- charisma himself he's um he's you know, like very sure. very very likable in this and uh, they make a good team uh, really, but the stunt that I was just marveling at that I replayed two or three times was when Piper's on the top of the car, and it's, it's, it's him, stunt, right? And it's, it, it is him. But when the the car slams it to come to its final stop, uh-huh. that stuntman is ejected off the car yeah. into like barrels. That's a real fucking stunt. That's unbelievable. Somebody didn't die doing that. It looked like uh, uh, it looked like the most of the most of that was uh, was Roddy Piper himself, Piper. though. Um, which uh, I was yeah, Piper at. is doing a lot of work in this, in the fight scenes and all that. And what's interesting is you can see when they get to Burma how fucking hot it is, because he is sweating through all yeah, of his clothes throughout the entire movie. I mean, his hair is matted, his shirt's fucking wet to his bone, yeah. and he's, he's working his ass so off in this, this movie. Is, but, yeah. so this is a movie, he's a, uh, Roddy Piper plays this uh, this the cop who's like, you know, a loose cannon cop, right? And he... Uh, I do, I do like the setup of this movie where his basically his partner gets killed by this Chinese mafia guy, and they have to go hunt him down. He's he his be, racist partner. He happens to be his yeah, pipers. He happens not, to be pipers. Kind of open minded. Happens to be in Burma, and so and but but what he goes, he basically they're like staking out this this these uh China I guess mafia meeting in this Chinese restaurant, which is a buffet, and these fucking Chinese guys are so baller <laughs> that they get table service at the fucking buffet. 
So I ain't fucking around here. But they're like trying to listen in. And Roddy Piper's like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to go in there. And if you read the back of the thing, it's like there's a shootout that kills his thing. It's just like the minute he said that, I was like, oh, this guy's going to cause the fucking shootout. <laughs> this guy gets his partner yeah. killed. Not he's his partner he gets a bunch of people killed. Inspector, yeah. Like an asshole. He goes in there, causes a big fucking problem, causes a shootout. This uh, Ung Soo uh, Young, who is, uh, I don't know his name in the movie. Uh, but that's a, he's a Chinese guy. He's there as a uh, a waiter. As a, uh, I guess he's undercover, and uh, so that's how they meet or anything. And then they bring him in, and then they go to Burma and shit. And they they there's a long trek through the jungle. A long, um, very long sequence through the. There's jungle. a whole airplane crash. There's actually so much that happens in this. This movie know, continually moves, never stops. constantly, constantly. There's a plane crash thing. There's a, there's you know, there's bad guys. Uh, every every fucking where. And, and, there's a lot I mean, of just humor. Remember, I mean, when they get to Rowdy Burma, they, they go. Everyone works for the tiger, and you know what? Everyone does work for the fucking tiger. That shit pans <laughs> well, out, man. <laughs> Piper is cracking jokes too in here. Um, I mean, the bad guy when he keeps calling him Ding Dong, and he goes, "It's, it's Bong Bong asshole." <laughs> Tell me, and he keeps yeah, like a running I, I joke. But what is this Bing Bong, well, Bong Bong, and Chai Chai? I was like, are these real fucking Burmese names? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is this was a, like I said, surprisingly like, enjoyable. Like, people can be and like, ooh, the, the, ooh. <laughs> Now you had told me you were uh, pretty amazed that this is a VHS transfer onto DVD. What gave it's it away? The quite FBI a VHS warning? transfer, but yes, if you, watch, if you watch the the well, it's a, clearly a tape. Um, it's a broadcast quality DVD. It's not it's not actually a VHS, but it is the VHS tra- like that. That's clearly what was used to make the VHS tapes. Um, but you're right. The beginning of this movie, the FBI warning and the Avalanche logo is literally from a VHS tape. Yeah, it, <laughs> there's it has video running noise video in it. Noise. And throughout this movie, you can at times see see video like a, like a hiccup yep. in the tape over here and there. Yeah, there, there. a little but it pop is broadcast here. quality regardless. It's not like VHS quality. It's a step. Yeah, up there's from not that. tracking issues or anything like that. But you can definitely but see. It's much line clearer here. than a VHS movie. Um, yeah, but yeah, the cinematography like is not bad. Inch in this. Something. It's just it's it's a it's a broadcast quality tape. But it is clearly just it's that it's that one transfer. They got one transfer. That was it. That's all they're doing. <laughs> Not doing anything more. There's no widescreen of this fucking movie. I just was impressed with the level of action on, on this. I mean, they they did not skimp out. This is a it says a three and a half million I just dollar like budget. The movie but doesn't stop uh, uh, going. You know, I mean, this is only an hour and a half long movie. Um, but they cram it's a packed. lot into that hour and a half. I mean, this guy, yeah, it, this dude pulls packed. some fucking like Last Samurai shit where he gets he gets like welcomed into the town. Rowdy Piper there, the town without men. Yeah, did you notice that? Because the men are doing the drugs over. Did you notice that? Ah, ah. well, this is no, the a lot. The, so much happens in this. It reminded me of you know like a like I hate to say Death Stalker two, but where every three minutes there's a new like little episodic thing happening. Yeah, something's going and on. It, it's know. all over the fucking place. Saying. In this I don't movie, know the time frame everywhere. of this film, but it definitely feels like like when the, when the, when he's got, when they have his partner, um, they take him hostage, right? They find him, and Roddy Piper is like washed down the river. And the, and Chai Chai or whatever finds him and she takes him in, like that feels like that's months, right? That feels like months, and that, they're like torturing that guy for months. <laughs> yeah, but he it's gotta be it's gotta be summer. like days, like just a couple of days at most. 
yeah, whatever the, the time you said, the temporal time of this. this the time there is no played. time of this. There's it, too it has much to going on. There's like they're like because okay, the murder. He, he has to go Burma through trip. all this stuff, and it has to take ah a week tops. <laughs> like what? But some good car chases, some good shootouts, reminiscent of the PM Entertainment stuff earlier in the decade. And this is really uh, one of the last big budget, I don't want to say big budget, but sizable budget B movies. Because after this, this genre really started fading out in the early yeah, this 2000s. Is 98, 99. Yeah, this um, is towards the end. And Avalanche is not a, a company that's known for high quality. I mean, they did things like Bloodsport 4, which is almost unwatchable. Uh, and, and a lot of other, you know, they have the shiny box covers. If you ever remember those embossed box covers for action films at the Blockbuster, that was usually mm-hmm. them. I think they did Space Truckers, I think is them as well, and a, a couple other uh, Yeah, ones. Avalanche had a couple, I think I, I think PM Entertainment maybe too, had the uh, CD-like uh, DVD cases. Yeah, like No Limit Soldier Air Records very, very back then. Very, you know, very CD cases stuff. that I, I thought should have been the standardized DVD case when I saw those. Yeah, those are um, badass. Yeah, those are awesome. But yeah, so so guaranteed cheapness. Yeah, but I, I mean, but fun. this is I thought this was fun. I thought it was good. This is the type of stuff that uh, that I would have been watching around this time period. Really, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I'm surprised so it slipped past me, me back. during that time period. Dude, there's the, so the many box. movies, though, man. So many movies. I know, but this would this would have been right up my alley. And but the box isn't very appealing. I mean, the cover art isn't great. It isn't. But, but when you read but the, the back, of it, great. When you read the back, yeah, that's, that's when it's like, what? Okay, read the back of that fucking thing. Is I don't have it. I that's over there. Um, if you read the back of it, it's like he's a cop and he's undercover, or not? He's undercover, but he's a cop. And like his, his friend gets, or his partner gets murdered, this and that. And then he meets this the fucking Chinese guy. Then they go to fucking Burma. You're like, what the fuck? (laughs) Why are they going to Burma? It's like, and the movie's like that, man. It's like, they go, they do this, they do that. They go here, they go there. You're like, holy shit. This is an adventure. I went in, I went in free ball and I didn't even read the back. I just put it on. So when the actions took place in Indonesia, I'm like, what the fuck is happening over here? <laughs> I didn't, I'm like, why, why, why are they filming here? I thought this took place in Hollywood. I mean, it opened up in LA. Well, it takes place in and Canada, David, yeah. David Mitchell, is that where it was initially? Mm-hmm. I thought he was, uh, it makes sense. Um, David There's Mitchell, a though, Toronto, the director Canada, of this, I think. He did a movie called Mask of Death with Lorenzo Lamas back in the day, which is a pretty entertaining B-movie as well. So he's a good little B-movie director. And, but Rowdy Piper is the real reason to see this movie. His, his magneticism is, is through the roof here. He reminds me a bit of a Chuck Norris, a bit of a Charles Bronson, but he's got a way of delivering one-liners. He can just enrich a scene by just being in it. But there were parts of this movie when he was yelling at the uh, Chinese guy that I, that I felt like, well, obviously you felt like you know that's clearly a wrestler yelling oh, yeah, these things some, some, but it felt like for a minute it felt like i was watching a chris farley out of tommy boy or something there are times <laughs> when he yells this movie you're like oh that's like <laughs> that's too crazy i saw the wrestling aspect i know what you're talking about him doing like the, the piper's pit and just yeah, getting overly sure. heated at somebody but he can he can the great fight sequences i mean obviously knows how to sell a punch and take a punch and things like that on camera so uh that's the strong suit of the film but you know, I don't want to oversell the movie, but if you get a chance to see Last to Surrender, pick it up in the wild. This is the best $2 I've spent on a film in a long time. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, what else are you looking for out in the wild there? Any other DVD picks you've gotten recently that you're uh, especially proud of? Uh, well, none that I can remember. I don't know. I've, I've gotten a lot, a lot of but I'm, I'm very proud of all of them. 
Yeah, right. They're all my babies. They say something about no. you. I know. Isn't that strange how your film collection um, becomes uh, an extension of you? I was in someone's house the other day, and they had the Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., the complete box set. Lovely. Which that's I nice. have as well. And I said, uh, you have yeah. good taste, sir. I mean, that's, uh, you can tell a lot about somebody by their, their video collection. Or their, their DVD collection, I should say. Yeah, no, I got my eyes peeled for Roddy Piper movies, though. I always liked him, uh, but now, now I'm on a mission. Now I, I need to own them. I got to recommend one that also co-stars Andrew Dice Clay and Robert Dobby yeah. called No Contest. You ever seen yep. that? Yeah. Good fucking B-movie. Um, the one that I haven't seen is Jungle Ground. Did you ever see that one? Jungle, Jungle Ground? Ground. Jungle Ground. Jungle Ground. Check out Jungle Ground. Yeah. That's Never a, heard of it. Yeah, I've not heard, seen a lot of his stuff. Or that's rather, he's fun. made a lot of them. Um, well, <laughs> you know. Well, there was a time that, you know, between the Dawn of the Dragon Wilsons and Brian Bosworth and Rowdy Pipers, those were being on shelves, you know, once a week. And then you had Lorenzo Ramos and Gary Daniels. I mean, mm-hmm. that genre was so overpopulated at one point in the 90s that it was almost, you know, at five bucks a pop at Blockbuster, it was almost impossible to keep up with those. You know, they weren't as readily available as they are now. And now they're on YouTube and other places like that. I'm pretty sure you can find Last of Surrender on YouTube uh, fairly easily uh, for free. Wink, wink, if, it's, if, you, if anyone looks. Um, but it's, it's different now. Yeah, I mean, for sure you can find uh, a, a lot of things on YouTube. Um, Almost all those PM Entertainment films, like Hologram yeah, Man. No one, and, no, know, definitely uh, no one's trying to... Uh, copyright protect uh, <laughs> uh you know, entertainment stuff. i mean the one movie i don't have that i do definitely need to get and there's actually uh, a sequel to but that hell comes to Frogtown. did you ever see that you know i've never so seen that i gotta good. see it damn it i, I don't do know how that i haven't i don't seen own that. it you know there's there's a lot of roddy piper movies i gotta grab you know there's a whole well list. they live is the the one that you know is obviously the the top of the heat right, there. I, I have that <laughs> Yeah, we all have there that are one so there. so many. I'm just looking through this list right here. Yeah, there are um, a number there are of, Honor lot was, of them. I've seen some Honor? of these. Yeah, that yeah was surprisingly I like that movie good. a lot. And that is a dog shit movie, to be fair to everyone. Is, if you watch that, it is horrendously shot, super cheap. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I, this, this is so typical of us. We just shit on all these big screen releases out there, save <laughs> King Richard. But we we're talking about Rowdy Roddy Piper films and, and how entertaining they are. Um, but imagine how Stone Cold would have gone if Rowdy Piper had been in that film and not Brian Bosworth. Although I think the Boz was I well like cast Bosworth, in that. Yeah. Huh. yeah, so do I. Uh, it's just, you know, rest in peace, Rowdy Piper. Yeah. He, has, he was in a shitload of films and always well cast, to be honest with you. He was in one with Don the Dragon Wilson called Terminal Rush uh, that's hmm. basically filmed in a silo, and he has bizarre face paint on the entire film. Yeah, I kind of feel like I've seen that. I'm not sure. I think Damien Lee is the director on that one. There's so many movies here. I'm like the connoisseur of these terrible martial art films and B movies. I uh, know that's the that's where my uh, um, action B action um, and martial arts is where I'm lacking. Uh, well, I'm lacking in the my, horror. Uh, so you, uh, yeah, that's where my, that. as far as my collection goes. I mean, so that's why I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get some some old martial arts movies and some older action movies and shit. I love that keep, stuff, but I just keep don't your have eye that. out then for them PM Entertainment ones, like of course, Recoil and all that it's stuff. It's so rare to I might own that. It's so rare to come across them. 
Yeah. Um, in my neck it of the really woods, anyways. I don't know if you have better uh, luck over there. No, you it's, are, but, yeah. they're, they're very rare. I mean, I came across Blood Moon recently on, on uh, DVD, and I picked up that. Because I just wanted to keep it. I had it on VHS, but I wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I almost have to order them off eBay. Not not that they're expensive, but it's just like, damn! I, it's so much funner to go somewhere and find them. You know, I've, I've been going to Salzers with the uh, the DVD trade-ins. You know, so they get weird stuff there. That's where I got this from. That's great, though. I mean, so. that's that's the kind of stuff. Where, I mean, that where I go locally, they have a lot of used stuff that comes through. Um, yeah, I think you they got get a, a store, lot of. Um, yeah, I, mean, I wish I was closer to like an Amoeba or something, or like a. The store that you go to, which is what was the store? Rasputin's, Rasputin's is uh, here in the Bay Area. Yeah, probably knows what that is. And yeah. It's it's big enough, but I'm always looking for the shrink wrap stuff. I mean, I didn't know that was going for such a high value. Apparently, if you can find shrink wrap VHS films, buy them because people are paying thousands of dollars for those. ones um, that you would be oh, but they'll pay you know twenty thirty dollars for them too um, that you wouldn't expect uh, if they're brand new. You can get that for them. And I've um, shown, and I've sent you pictures new, of that. Yeah, like you know, coming horror, across like Mrs. Doubtfire movies, especially grab. even if they're open, grab some grab horror movies on VHS um, if you can find them because uh, they will sell. Uh, really, I just sold um, uh, Living Night of the Living Dead, not Night of the Living Dead, um, Return of the Living Dead two and three on VHS, uh, thirty bucks. Get the fuck out of here! And they were used; those those things were used, hard used. Um, and so yeah, because people want. Uh, collectors, it's a collector's item, and I don't fucking blame people. Honestly, I don't collect. Well, actually, I do have, v- and that's not fair. I have VHS. I do collect VHS, I have VHS but too. I don't yeah. collect VHS. Honestly, I don't because they take up too much space. But if I'm, if if you're gonna go, you know, uh, you know, balls to balls on some fucking uh, artwork and stuff, yeah, the VHS stuff looks better. Oh, reading the back of the so VHS box a, yeah, on your drive home. So if you're a collector, like I get it. I fucking get. It. I mean, laserdisc too. Like, oh my god, yes, I get it. I got both those. Um, but I don't need any more. I don't need them because I. You don't really. I do watch them, but not really. You know, I'd rather have the DVD. Yeah, I I haven't fired up my laserdisc player in a couple of years now. To be fair. Yeah, and I got I, uh, I do now have a, a VHS HDMI out hooked up to my TV, so I do watch the occasional VHS a little more than that. But yeah, the yeah, laserdisc is even rougher. Yeah, and there's a lot of rot on those discs too. They, there's a lot of pops. Hey, there's and, no and rot they on don't my great. discs. Hey, what kind of what, 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 <laughs> how you storing what, your, what, discs you your discs over there? What you got going on over there? What you got going? What you got? You got a you bad disc in there? Fucking them up against the other discs. You got <laughs> You stacking them upright, or you yeah, fucking you got that laser disc uh, transmitted diseases? You got to watch out. <laughs> it's very '90s. It's a very '90s situation. Um, no, mine are wrap good. Up our, uh, yeah, are they? That's that's fucking great because I'm telling you, half of these ones are rotted over here when you put them on. I've only come across spots. a couple of rotted discs, and they've been DVDs. Yeah, burnt ones, early burnt ones, like early burnt CDs. I have as well. I'm at, um, I'm, I'm pressed ones. I've never oh, seen really? the only the thing I've never had a, a a burnt one, a rot, but I have had them separate. I've yes. had the the plastic separate on them, and which might Off as well be rotten. It. Fucking ruins it, you know. I've had some sun dye, you know, that really sure. left yeah, out yeah, of long. Like, ee, fucking sun dye on that one. But I mean, I don't need a burnt copy of Apocalypto. It's on every streaming service free um, right now. So, hmm. which I just revisited recently. That movie still holds up. Damn, that's a good movie. That is a great flick. I mean, that the balls to the wall, kick ass movie. But Mel Gibson's canceled, so. I thought he was uncanceled because Lethal Weapon 4 is back on. No, they're trying to cancel him because Lethal Weapon 4 is back on. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I thought I thought once he started in Daddy's Home too that he was uh, no, you know back in the good graces. Never uncancelled. No. That's the new rule. Never uncancelled, huh? Never, uh, never forgive. First to fight, last to surrender. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rough this guy's just reading there, Rowdy Piper platitudes at this point. <laughs> All right, on that, we're going to end it. We want to thank you guys for joining us on episode 375. As always, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you may be getting your podcast. Rate and review the show. Check out moviemavericks.com for the latest reviews. We'll be back soon with more reviews of your favorite movies. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I am Jason Rugard, and we are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage! <laughs> <laughs>